It's Enrico Palazzo! Yeah. <laughs> How about that? Once again for the Hey, it's Enrico Palazzo Baseball Podcast. Today, your hosts, as always, are Christopher Deary and Michael Gobier. Take it away, boys! Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the Hey, it's Enrico Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast. I am Michael Gobier, and to my direct right, or kind of diagonally, is Christopher Deary. How's it going? Hey, Mike. What's up, man? Oh, just another Wednesday night here on the old Enrico Palazzo pod. How you feeling? I'm feeling pretty good, yeah. A little burned out from work, but I'm ready to talk some shop here, some baseball outfielders. This might be a long show here, folks. Well, that's why we kept it to just one position, because there's so <laughs> many outfielders to choose from. Uh, we will be discussing outfielders. This is our last positional analysis pod and then uh, next week we will talk about really just some leftovers uh, any new musings and we will gear up and start talking more about our drafts i still have drafts going on <laughs> uh, the tgfbi uh, our league is currently in round i think we're in round 22 right now dearie oh wow so you made a lot of progress over this last week i think you were in round six last wednesday yeah it now could've... you're in 22 you're almost done yeah i mean if <laughs> It's so funny. It seems like a lifetime ago, but we're uh, we're making progress, so I feel good about that. Um, this is the Enrico Palazzo Baseball Podcast. You can hit us up at Palazzo Podcast on Twitter. Palazzo Podcast with two L's, two Z's at ProtonMail.com. So speaking of Twitter, we have big news this week. We are connecting as part of a greater network of fantasy baseball information. It's called the Bases Loaded Network, run by the great Mike Curlin, who is Mike underscore Curlin on Twitter, at Mike underscore Curlin. He's a real great guy. He asked me uh, over the weekend, he's like, hey, do you guys want to join up with our new network? Because he was just the Bases Loaded podcast prior. Him and George Montanez run that. And now they are creating a network. And they asked us if we wanted to have the pod be a part of it with like no strings attached. Uh, we don't have to change anything. He's just really doing us a solid by connecting with us. And so it's... It's a real pleasure, and we're real excited about it. This is great. I feel like we're a part of a really nice little gang or a nice little uh, network of uh, 
fantasy baseball nerds like ourselves. So I, I'm super excited. Uh, big shout out to Mike for that. Yeah, with that, there's nerds everywhere. There's no doubt about it. Um, it's very cool. So thank you so much. You can check out his Bases Loaded podcast with him and George. Uh, also, Zach Braff is another guy that's part of the Bases Loaded network. I'm in the TGFBI League 25 with him. Shout out League 25. My, oh. wife, my wife asked me if it, if it was Zach Braff from uh, that show Scrubs. There Remember it that is. Guy? There it is. It's on like, his Twitter bio. It says, not the guy not from Garden that, State. Not the real Zach Braff. Not so. the guy from Garden State. Yeah, Where's so. that guy been forever? I think he was trying to like do some Kickstarter money for like a Garden State sequel. I don't know. Or some other idea. <laughs> Garden State sequel. That's kind of a. Do you like Garden State? I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I guess I watched it maybe once or twice, but uh. But do you know. remember what a monster it was like when it came out? Every it was a I big deal. Yeah, a lot of people liked it. Big indie hit. Yeah, because it had like you know, oh, it had uh, what is it, the shins and all the these, shins. And, it was and, all about the shins music and yeah. Portman and her headphones. Right. Exactly. And I didn't see it until like I think ten years later. I saw it like six years ago. It was okay. the first time I actually saw it. It wasn't terrible. I enjoyed it. Uh, I don't. I don't think I look back on it that fondly now, uh, ten years later or whatever. But uh. no, no, no. It's a decent movie. And it's interesting, but it's not. Uh, it holds up. I thought it fits a time and place. Anyways, you don't care about Garden State. You care about fantasy baseball. That's why you're here. So, <laughs> thanks to the Bases Loaded Network. If you guys like our show, please go to basesloadednetwork.com. That's the BLN. Get on Twitter. Add them. Go to their website. They've got. A lot of articles. They've got new writers they just brought on board. So there's a whole host of people that just got added to create this network and make it even more powerful and chock full of information. Do you know how many pods are within the network? So they added us, and they also added the uh, open bar pod, baseball pod. That's another one. Open, um, what, they're trying to be like Barstool? No, they're just like, <laughs> yo, they're they're not like douchey like that. They're just, it's just, <laughs> it's just you, called yeah. the uh, open bar pod. It's uh, Ben... And the two guys really, and they just talk uh, baseball. They're they're like shorter pods, are like a half hour long, and oh, they're, cool. They seem like really cool guys. So I I don't know them personally, but um, they have been added to the network list of pods. So it's basically bases loaded podcast, our pod, and the open bar pod. So if you can subscribe oh, nice. to those, nice. yeah, and follow those, that'd be great. So that's our big news. Thank you so much. What a great moment for us. And as far as the TGFBI, that's almost done. I also started another <laughs> big like, um, what do they call it, industry-wide event. The Raz Slam started on Monday, and that is a points-based best ball league of industry analysts, including uh, Heath Cummings of the CBS Sports Fantasy Baseball Podcast, who uh, he also does their NFL fantasy. So he's a guy that people might know if you do fantasy football or baseball. So I'm in a, I'm in a league with Heath. That's pretty cool. I thought that was exciting because he's entertained me over the years. So the Raz Slam is the best ball that we're talking about last week, right? Well, no, that was <laughs> that was the from the Turn Two podcast with Matt Williams. <laughs> that was another. That was like his listener best ball league. Uh-huh. This is another big like. It's like the TGFBI in terms of like being. There's like 18 leagues and a bunch of industry analysts and players that are really good, but it's best ball. So that's your best lineup of the week. Compiles all the points. And it's points based. I gotta ask you, Mike, how many leagues are you in? Yeah, it's getting bad. Uh, can you, is it? Can you count them just on two hands, or have you gone over? That's another thing. So we got added to this. I didn't even tell you about this. I'm telling Chris <laughs> this live on the air. Uh, we got added to this thing called the Podcast Wars, um, and I want to get you in on this one actually, just so we can both do this one. 
Okay. Because it represents what, what, us. It's on Yahoo. It's called the Podcast Wars, and there's a bunch of podcasts. It's just only podcast people. Strictly. <laughs> fantasy Yahoo? Based. Okay. Yeah. I'll give you, I'll hook you up on that. But like uh, Brent from uh, HQ started it, Baseball HQ. Uh, he's a good guy. Brent Hershey. He's also in my TGFBI league, and he asked me to join. So check out Brent Hershey. Uh, he's Brent HQ on Twitter. And he's the one to set up the Podcast Wars, and that's just a showdown of 15 or 16. I think it's 16 teams. So well, that'll be that'll be fun. I like 16 team leagues. I'm in a redraft 16 team league. It's always been fun. Uh, but yeah, maybe maybe oh, the Novi uh, League. Yeah, yeah. I used to yeah, be we just league. drew yeah. draft picks the other day. I drew uh, the third pick. So you throw all that in. Uh, I joined a dynasty league that draft starts oh. tomorrow. And the other crazy thing that I didn't even mention last week is this thing called Score Sheet. You ever heard of Score Sheet? I think you mentioned this to me several weeks ago. It's crazy. This is you have to like create a team and you're managing like a full bullpen and lineups. You set the lineups every day and there's a simulation based on the weekly stats from the players, but it has an algorithm that modifies for certain parameters. So basically you're it's based off the results of reality, but it's altered slightly based on their secret algorithm. Oh, man. this is awesome. This is like uh Oh shit! This is yeah. like the pursue, pursue the pennant or uh, stratomatic baseball almost. Oh really? Okay. Yeah, it's similar to that, but like you're actually using real stats of real real players. That sounds really really interesting. Yeah, somebody hit me up on Reddit when I saw the score sheet guys promoting it on the fantasy baseball Reddit subreddit last month, and a guy's like, "Hey, we have an opening in our AL only league. Do you want to join?" I said, "Sure. Sounds like fun." And uh, for first time players, it's only twenty nine dollars to join, so it's actually cheap. Because it's actually 85 bucks, I think, if you're not a first-time player. That sounds really fun. I played a, a dice game when I was a kid called Pursue the Pennant, and every year you could go and get the uh, like the cards and everything that would match up to the to the dice, and you'd play like full games. It was really fun. Wow, yeah, that's great. I, it sounds really exciting to me. If you really want to go for it and get real deep into fantasy baseball and just daily grind of baseball, <laughs> check out Score Sheet. I, I was actually thinking about maybe starting a league with friends who were not familiar with it next just, year. Just try it out, yeah. Yeah. I, I think we should at least try it out and see what it's all about. It could be the future, man. Well, all the a lot of the analysts are totally into it, and they say it's great. There's a lot of positive testimonials from many excellent fantasy baseball analysts. But anyway, so yeah, I'm totally out of control, man. And your prediction for whenever I'm going to crack, you should probably just move that up. Well, I'll ask you this on air then. Do you want out of the Knights League? No, because okay, you that's still my goal be now. That's my, fine. My goal has changed. Okay. So the Knights League is... Go ahead. Tell them what the Knights League is. Yeah, the Knights League is, you know, Knights uh, downtown is a bar here in Ann Arbor. A bunch of people that work there... uh, Knights Steakhouse. Very good. ...are in it. I run the league. My wife is also in the league. Uh, You know, fun league. uh, 12 teams. Uh, And yeah, I just asked Mike if he was going to stick around. We got some guys knocking on the door trying to get into the league, but, you know, I want serious players. So I'd like Mike to stick around because he's a serious player. Yeah, it's a yearly redraft league. Nothing crazy, but it's... Yeah, it's, it's pretty easy to manage. I just want to stay... I'm, I'll play as much as I can now. I've, yeah, I've changed my ethos. It. Yes. It used I'll, to be, keep it minimal, now I'm just blowout. No, no, I'll be here to support you, Michael. We'll be okay. We're going to get through this together. Yeah, well, well I'm going to lean on you for some of this stuff, too. We're going to get through it. I know you want to keep your league... Like, your count of leagues minimum. You yeah, don't want to go too I, yeah, crazy. Yeah, I don't want to get too crazy. I'm in three... Um, I can't, I can't go more than three. I think, I think if I go further than that, then, then it just, it, it stops becoming fun for me. Cause then I'm like rooting for one guy cause I have him, but then I'm rooting against another guy. And I watch so much damn baseball that like, I don't want to get to a point where, all right, Ramon Laureano's up. I need him to get a stolen base here, but I need him to hit a home run here, but strike out here. Yeah. It, it, it makes it less fun for me. So 
Well, if you are playing uh, in any of these TGFBIs or the Raz Slam and you listen to us, or you're just playing in a deep league, you have questions, hit us up at Palazzo Podcast at ProtonMail.com, or of course on Twitter, at Palazzo, two L's, two Z's. One other thing I want to mention about the Raz Slam before we get into the rest of the pod is I had the 11th overall pick, and I got Mookie Betts at number 11. How does, how does that happen? These are industry expert guys for the most part. Who went ahead of them? Everybody else, like Scherzer went sixth or seventh. Okay. And DeGrom had already gone too. And so to top that off, three picks later, because it's a 12-team league, I got Cole at 14 overall. So I got Betts and Cole with the 11th overall pick on my first two picks. Isn't that weird? Uh, Yeah, I, I you should be pretty damn happy, that's for sure. But I thought it was like a trick or somebody was setting me up or something. <laughs> like, I'm what like, are they... Like reverse stats? I mean, yeah. Yeah, it's a points-based league, so it's uh, six points for a home run, five for steal. Innings pitch, you get, I think, three points per innings pitch. And I mean, some people don't see Mookie Betts as a, as a first-round guy. I, I think he is. Uh, I mean, it, it's so deep this year, I believe. You know, In the top 20, there's just so many really, really talented players, and there's probably people that are just going for who they really like. They're going by their gut. Um, so I can definitely see that. I, I tend to do that a lot. Uh you know, I got the third pick in this Novi League coming up here, 16 teams, and, you know, I was told some information over the weekend that top two picks are going to be Trout and Acuna, and I don't really know who I'm going to go after at uh, three. I'm really thinking Juan Soto just because I have a – Yeah. Know, I, got, I got some love for him going right now. I like that. Juan Soto, I, I would take Juan Soto in the top six. I really would. Maybe not the top four. It's between I... Soto, Yelich, and Bellinger. Man. I think Soto's going to just keep getting better. I mean, he's only 21, right? He's going on 22 years old? Yeah. He's, or is he 22 now? He's very close. He's, he's 22 right now. That's crazy. So real quick in that Raz Slam League, it went Acuna, Trout, Yelich, DeGrom went fourth. So then Bellager, then Lindor, then Scherzer at seven. I'm surprised Lindor went that high. Yeah. Over, that's over Trey Turner. I mean, I think you can, on the way back, it's a snake draft. Yeah. How many teams? 12. I think he could could have probably gotten a shortstop on the way back. Definitely, right? Yeah, he could have gotten one of the one of the leftovers there. So it went Arenado, 9, Soto, 10. So I got bets at 11. I'm like, I got to do it. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. then the next pick was Story and then uh, Jose Ramirez. So another shortstop went. But then I got to take Garrett Cole at Yeah, you got to take Cole pick. there. You have to. Yeah, exactly. You got your starting pitcher right there. You got to take him. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. So it, I don't. It, it's an industry-focused league. So maybe these a lot of these guys want to – Take their shot with their guy. And I think sometimes you find, not that this is the norm, but when you play in other leagues where people focus on rankings of other people, they really stick to, there seems to be a tendency to stick to the rankings. It's interesting to see people change and deviate from certain formats because they get the guy they want. People, people freak out. They're like, oh, you that was a big reach on that one. You, yeah. you reach for that guy. I'm like, dude, you don't know what you're talking about, man. There's a reason I went and drafted that guy. Exactly. This is not a template you have to stick to, and you exactly. have to be ready to change on the fly with absolutely. your strategy. Yeah, absolutely. I'll take a guy 20 picks higher than he's supposed to go, no problem, if I like him and I like his projections. I'm getting so excited for drafts. I haven't drafted yet. My first, ah. one's, not, my first one's not to the 15th. That'll be the Knights uh, draft. Oh, man, I got too many drafts with the score sheet starting today and then... <laughs> drafting's so uh, damn fun. Sometimes drafting's <laughs> better than the actual season. Oh, yeah, of course. There's no doubt. But drafts will not necessarily define your league. So you can win in-season moves mean everything. They really do. Absolutely, yeah. So leading 
off. Let's get into the uh, chatter. Play a little pepper here. Little transactions and information going around baseball. The spring training is fully underway. We got pitchers going three innings now. Isn't that interesting? So, so trade freaks, people who are obsessed with trading. Now we each know people who are in fantasy leagues. It seems like they can't stop trading. Now two guys that come to mind are our friend Dave and our our friend John. These are two guys that we're both in leagues with one or the other, and they love to trade. They they seem to trade like it's an obsession dude, or it's, like it's dude, something to do on a Tuesday. It's an addiction. It's it's an addiction. Are they bored at work? Is that what it is? <laughs> I don't know. I, I I love Dave because he makes all these trades, and him and I at least make three trades together every single year. Yeah. And he's always available. Like I'm super available at work. I can text all day, and he can do the same. So it's great. We we chatter all day long. But didn't you say we talked about this before we started recording that he may have put himself in a pickle because. He's traded so much now he has too many keepers he, and your keepers he, are due Friday. You yeah, you keep 10 guys. He's tra- he's he's traded for too many guys. He's given up too many draft picks for players and now he's like, "Oh shit, I have too many players." Now he's trying <laughs> to ship these guys off in the next day here and not everyone are takers. Yeah, exactly. I John in my the Bless You Boys league, which is like my home league, I guess. John is a guy that trades a lot and we've already made a bet, I think for 25 bucks, nothing crazy that this is a 14-team league, by the way. He won't finish higher than six. So the bet is, if he finishes fifth or better, I lose. But if he's six or worse, I win. Ooh. And I just little, think he trades so much to, like... Little in-league bets. Yeah, I guess it's a keeper league, and you keep eight players in this coming season. So do you really... Trading doesn't have to happen all the time if you can keep guys that can make your team better. So, I, But other people think you always ride the hot hand, and you just keep <sighs> trading and trading for the next hot... Hand. Well, what's confused me, you know, this is a league that you used to be in, Mike. Uh, you know, you keep 10 players, and what's been happening is the, the six teams make the playoffs. The top teams that made the playoffs are shipping off guys that they weren't going to keep for draft picks. So I, I've done that. I got rid of Otani. I got rid of Max Fried. I got rid of uh, Barrios. Those are all guys I got rid of for draft picks. Mm-hmm. And other guys that finished top tier last year are doing the same thing. So we're acquiring more draft picks. So the rich is getting even richer. And then these guys that are on the bottom that are looking to try to get some guys, the problem is they're also trading some of their players away for right. other players that I don't think are as good. So there's just been some wacky trades going on. So, I, I, I mean, there's a couple teams in our league that I think, I think they've gotten worse. I'd be very curious to hear. If you're listening to this podcast, hit us up on Palazzo Podcast on Twitter or the Proton Mail. Let us know if you have people that are just crazy with trades. Do you trade a lot? Do you try to reserve yourself? I would love to hear some comments on trading strategies. So, no Aaron Judge for opening day. I think it's official. Uh, Not very surprising. He's got continual pectoral shoulder problems. This goes back to last year, and he's continuously injured. Are you a guy who believes in Aaron Judge or not feeling it? I'm worried. I'm super worried. I love Aaron Judge as a player. I think he's a stud fantasy-wise when he's available. But, yeah, I mean... Between him and Stanton here getting injured, I mean, we're talking about the Yankees' injuries weekly now. You know, it all started with Paxson, you know, a month ago. But I'm worried about Judge. I mean, a pectoral issues are not not super good. And uh, he's already 27. I mean, he's not like a rookie, you know, up and coming prospect anymore. No, but he's in his prime, and I don't want him to waste his prime because he's injured all the time. So yeah, I'd be worried. Yeah, I'm not a Judge fan just because he's injured a lot, and if it's not an OBP league, I'm not as pumped about it. He hit 52 home runs in 2017, and everybody shit their pants. It was amazing, right? But since then, it's been very inconsistent. Chris Sale is going to have no surgery at this time, as of this podcast this evening. 
Chris Sale, dearie. No would Tommy you try John to trade for him now? now? Would I try to trade yeah. for him? Yeah, would you? No. No, I'm I'm off sale. I was off sale last year before the season. Uh, Best years have gone by. I mean, he's got elbow issues, man. He's got elbow issues. His velocity is down. I. Th- My prediction is he's going to have Tommy John surgery at some point this season. Would you feel more comfortable with Blake Snell or Chris Sale? Well, yeah, that's another thing that comes up is Blake Snell's got elbow issues now. He's, you know, my top keeper in my in my 10 10 man keeper league um i'm already set to keep him now he's got elbow issues you know he missed you know 75 percent of the season last year due to you know arm issues i'd probably go with snell but uh geez both guys i'd avoid right now if it's a redraft league snell had loose bodies removed last year and it was not a tommy john or ucl related as far as we know and it still isn't with his elbow so I would definitely take Snell, and I don't really think there's a comparison. I only mentioned it because, hey, they're both left-handed. They both have elbow issues. Uh, Griffin Canning's another guy who has some elbow issues, too, and we don't know what's going to happen with their no, – so far, no word that there will be anything major. But Chris Sale is someone I would get the hell away from. Just get away, especially if it's a keeper league. You could you could have got value before this, and now his draft stock is just going to plummet. And I don't think there's value, even if his draft stock goes way down for redraft leagues either. Yeah, there's there's not much you can do. I mean, if you're in a keeper league and you have them, I'd try to trade them and see what you can get. Mm. Um, but, jeez, man. What about uh, Mr. Alvarez of the Houston Astros? Astros? The Houston Astros. The Asterix. Uh, the, uh-oh, boy, there, there it is. is. There it is. So, Jordan or Jordan? Do we? Jordan. Has it been decided? It's Jordan. Jordan. Has a cranky knee, a little bit of cranky <laughs> knee. He's going to get shut down for a couple of days. But does this limit his potential to get outfield eligible in most leagues this year? Ooh, to get outfield eligible. I, I wouldn't be worried about it. I think he's going to get a ton of playing time all over the field for them. Uh, he's someone we're going to talk about here in a little bit. Uh, we're both pretty high on him. You know, I, He should be fine without, you know, with the cranky knee, uh, you know. Spring training, some of these guys, I mean, I don't know if, uh, you know, playing the game in the games matter that much, if they can do some kind of off-site training, you know, some rehabbing. As long as he's getting his swings in, I think he's going to be just fine once the season begins. But he's 22, and he's just a utility guy in fantasy because he does, he just DHs. He doesn't play outfielder. He doesn't get eligible in most leagues. I think it's mildly concerning because if you're looking for a guy who's more – he provides you more than just his incredible bat, which was amazing last year. He had one of the, like I've said before, I've referenced this, he had a killer weighted runs created plus last year. It was insane. Like, he was in one of the highest brackets for rookies in the last 20 years. So it's a really pop, hot number. I just wonder if his flexibility positionally is going to limit people's desire to get him. So in all leagues, is he just utility right now? Is he getting outfield? Is he getting first base? Well... The thing is that he's listed in NFBC, which is the National Fantasy Baseball Championships, a big website for big-time players, for those of you that do not know. Alvarez is a guy that has left-field eligibility, but he's mostly a DH or utility otherwise. So just depends who you or who you play with and what league you're in. Yeah, I mean, most leagues that I play in, it's two utility guys, so oh, I'm not terribly nice. uh, worried about it. I love having two utility guys. It, you know, it helps because, you know, I got a league where I got Olsen and Rizzo, so yeah. I can put one of those guys in the utility and still have that utility for another guy. Uh, Andrew Miller's having a hard time with his feel for pitches. His There's something weird going on with his fingers or his, a nerve issue possibly, but 
The Cardinals not been able to identify a physical ailment at this time. He's got to stay off that phone, man. He's got his, his phone up in the in the L position. Oh, yeah, like we talked last <laughs> week. The yeah, elbow. It could be it, man. He's got tingly fingers from it. Yeah, this is going to be a thing. We're going to need an evolutionary step in the human body where we adapt. Our joints get better. We need help. But uh, Andrew Miller, I don't think he's... I don't think Miller closes. He's going to be... He's 35 now. He's past his prime. He's 35 now? I believe so. He's definitely 34 crank. He's <laughs> knocking on the door at 35. Well, I guess so. that makes sense. He's an old man now. Yeah. Those hot years he had with uh, Baltimore and in New York for a minute and with Cleveland, that's done. So now Giovanni Gallegos, to me, is the favorite to close in St. Louis. Okay. Yeah, so that's probably it It for him, at least fantasy-wise. I mean, he'll probably end up you know, in the, you know, the setup role or, or something like that. In the well, if you play in a saves plus holds or... You know, K-9, he might sell some value, of course. Yes. Uh, Jose Bautista is trying to make a comeback as a pitcher. He's going to be playing for the Dominican Republic team in the Olympic qualifier coming up. He's going to be playing first base, and he supposedly has a pretty nasty slider with some real zip to it. Any chance Jose Bautista <laughs> comes back as a two-way player in Major League Baseball at 38 years old? No, he's not going to. No, no, that's not going to happen. You just can't be like, all right, now I'm going to pitch and it's going to all work out. I, I don't believe it. <laughs> I, I think it's a lot easier to go from a, a pitcher to a hitter than a hitter to a pitcher. Oh, um, really? Yeah, I think I think this is just crazy. Like Anthony Ghost then? You don't buy that? Uh, No, I don't buy any of that. Hmm, okay. Oh, did you see Tim Tebow's going to play for the Philippines? Yeah, that's. <laughs> I don't really know what to say about that. I know, you don't want to talk about Tebow. <laughs> no, we don't. We don't talk about Tebow on this pod. That's it. There you go. You got it in. And then I want to mention that MLB is going to be cracking down on video and pitching grip assistance that pitchers have been using over the years. So MLB is trying to negotiate with the union about removing all personnel that are not players, managers, coaches, or trainers from the locker room, uh, the, the clubhouse, from the whole area during games because they don't want people looking at video, analyzing video during games. They don't want players doing it either, apparently. So there's a big movement here post-Astro scandal to make a difference. And this also has to do with a lot of pitching grips that have been allowed over the last decades, really. What do you mean by pitching grips? Well, it's these substances. Oh, yeah, okay, substances. So pitching grip substances, yeah, that have been used for <laughs> They've been many... going on forever. <laughs> right, well, we all know that resin is a thing, right? That's always been a thing. It's sitting there on the mound. So apparently, though, some people believe that these pitching substances that are used improve spin rates, and some believe that the Astros... That's the only reason that's happened. The Astros have approved their pitching staff because they've allowed their pitchers to use substances that aren't exactly legal. Hey, man, these pitchers got to do everything they can in a world where guys are just mashing the ball. You can get away with it. Go ahead and do it. But, uh, yeah, in terms of, uh, you know, uh, MLB not allowing as, uh, as many people near the dugout and getting rid of some of the technology, I mean, we saw this coming. I think it's going to be one of those things where the players are going to have to come in, they're going to have to check their phone at the door, and they're going to lock their phone away. You can't get it till the end of the game. Well, there was a great article by Tom Verducci on SI earlier this week about this. So if you want to read more about it, check it out. It's on SI.com. Of course, suntan lotion, which is clear sometimes. And pitchers might throw it on their neck, and you'll never know if they're being smooth about it because people use suntan lotion when they play baseball in the summer where it's hot and the sun's shining all the time. <laughs> Lather yourself up. <laughs> yeah. I mean, some are worse than others, but 
Trevor Bauer's been saying this is bogus. Oh, yeah, he's been going off. He was actually meeting with Manfred today, I think. Yeah, I actually retweeted his tweet. said he had a really positive interaction with Manfred today. Yeah. So he gave credit where credit was due. Yeah, I think that tweet that he sent out today was pretty mature by him. So if you're a Bauer hater, just know that he's giving credit when it's fair. He's not just being a nutcase about everything. I respect Bauer. I think he's a lot of fun, and I just think he tells the truth. I would hope that he's being honest at all times, but, hey, you never know. So keep an eye out on these substances and how it might change things because Houston pitching coach Brent Strom has said that he was helping his pitchers use these substances, but now that MLB is coming around saying those days are over, he's cutting ties. He's not going to be pushing this at all because he doesn't want to be suspended. No shit. Right? This guy doesn't want to lose his job like everybody else in that organization. Chris Young is the new like director of you know discipline in Major League Baseball now. He's a former pitcher. And he is saying it's time to crack down on this video and these substances. So if that's the case, there might be reductions in spin rates. I just think it's something to think about as a fantasy manager. I don't really want to put a number or percentage on it, but I'd say it's pretty high that pitchers, all pitchers use something. Oh, really? Yeah, absolutely. Dude, you got to find that advantage. I, I wish I'd put some shit on my fingers to make the ball move better. <laughs> well, there's like a tacit understanding between hitters and pitchers over the last couple decades that... They can use a certain amount of pine tar or other substances because they don't want to get drilled with baseballs if it allows pitchers to get a better grip. If they don't feel it gives them an advantage, then they're cool with it. So I don't know. It's pretty wild stuff and uh, something to monitor. All right, some quick infield hits around baseball. Spring training is fully underway, and we've got people mic'd up on the diamond, and i got to tell you, I love it. Have you seen some of this at all, Deary? I have not. I haven't been able to watch too much spring training because I'm always at work during the day. Um, oh, no. But, yeah, somebody tweeted something out earlier today about, about guys being mic'd up. Somebody swore. Somebody said somebody dropped an F-bomb. Yeah, Pete Alonso dropped that's, F- There uh, it is. Pete Alonso dropped one. That, that's what I heard today. I saw the Chris Bryant with the Cubs spring training game the other day, and it was highly entertaining. He's talking... While he's hitting, he's like, get fair, get fair, get fair. And it was just, I think it was very entertaining and just something MLB should keep doing. I, I 100% agree with it. Uh, they need to get young kids more on board with baseball. And, and you know, similar to the NBA where, you know, young kids know every single NBA player so well because of Twitter and they're mic'd up all the time, always doing interviews, always putting out great Instagram videos. MLB's got to start pushing for some of this stuff to kind of humanize some of these guys and, you know, let these let these kids become fan favorites of a lot of different players. There's a lot of personalities out there, so I think the mic'd up thing is a really great idea. Absolutely agree. Keep it coming, MLB. So Stephen Matz or Michael Walker are going to be sharing possibly the fifth rotation spot for the Mets. Is this crazy talk or what? No, I'm fine with a six-man rotation out there. Uh, you need a lefty in in that rotation. Mats would be the only guy, and I think him and Walker are kind of similar. I'm interested to see what Walker does. You know, new location this year. You know, they also brought back. Uh, you know, Strowman's coming back, and Porcello's there. So uh, I'm fine with a, a long rotation like that. Mats was great last year. Well, okay, great. Excuse me. Mats was solid last year. <laughs> he had a pretty decent year. And he's been fairly consistent the last two years, pitching, you know, 100 to 50, 160 innings, and having an ERA that's not got awful. So, if he gives you an ERA that's four or under, I don't know how he gets the spot ahead of Waka. Sounds like 
poppycock to me, dearie. You, you know what the thing? The thing with Matts is I I seem to always pick him up at some point during a season. Yes, he has. Yes, yes. He has these blow up games mm-hmm. where he'll give up like seven runs in the first inning and it just destroys his ERA and it takes you five six starts to get that ERA back down. <laughs> I think the guy's got good stuff. Maybe we see a breakout this year, and you know if he's at the back end of that rotation, there's not going to be too much pressure on him. So yeah. Stephen Matz might be a guy you want to give a flyer at and look at. Matz was originally part of the crew of the great rise of Mets pitching in the mid, what we call in the last decade. The mid. I have no idea what. Oh, is there a name for the last decade yet? The tens. Is that what they call it? I have no idea what they call it. Yeah, I don't know either. Seventies, wow. the eighties, the nineties, the, hey, the aughts. Yeah, we know the aughts. Yeah. After that, the two thousands. Yeah. Who knows? Hey, if you know what it's called, hit us up at Palazzo Podcast on Twitter or email us, Palazzo Podcast, ProtonMail.com. Two L's, two Z's. Steven Matz was part of the big rise of Syndergaard and even going back to Matt Harvey and DeGrom. When all those guys came up, he was a part of that, but he hasn't quite met the hype on that. So well, He's still around. I mean, Harvey's right. dead. <laughs> well, that's my point. He's still a, He should still be the fifth starter. Michael Walker, boo. Avoid Michael Walker, in my opinion. I agree. Unless Matt's gets hurt, which Matt's does get hurt, so <laughs> you never know. Uh, I've run into this during drafts a lot, Deary. These three guys have been bunched together. I want to get your quick opinion. Matt Boyd, Robbie Ray, and Julio Urias have been jammed in the same spot in at least three different drafts. Who do you like of those three? Is there uh, a format you prefer each one of those players in? Oh, man, this is really interesting. So, yeah, so I wrote some notes on these guys. Oh, man. So, okay, let's start with Robbie Ray. Robbie Ray, you know, probably has the most experience out of these guys over the last, you know, four or five years. Excellent K rate. The problem with Robbie Ray is 4.34 walks per nine. That's that's not good at all. Always Uh-oh. a high eight uh, BABIP. He throws off-speed pitches 50% of the time. He's got a great swinging strike rate, but, like, he just can't hit the zone. So mm-hmm. I actually put him third on this list. Wow. Um, yeah, I do. Uh, after that, I mean, so if you're if you're looking at like a dynasty league or s- someone who's gonna be a breakout, I think Julio Urias is your breakout. He's 23 years old. Um, he's got really really good stuff. He's projected only about 140 innings. He's gonna be in the rotation this year. This year, he was in you know kind of the the middle of uh, the bullpen last year. Guy's got great velocity. Throws 95. Excellent curveball. That's 20 miles per hour less than that fastball. Also, a nice swinging strike rate. So I really like Julio Urias. He's someone I'm actually going to be looking to target as my probably number three starter in most of my leagues. Mm. Um, And Matt Boyd. Matt Boyd had an amazing first half last year. I think there's going to be some regression here. Uh, You may disagree with me on this one. Wow. uh, He had 11.56 strikeout rate last year. He had never been over 9.6 until last year. He's 29 years old now. Uh, His left on base percentage has never been... Super great. Obviously, he's going to strike guys out, but uh, I mean, what are you playing for in Detroit? I mean, you're you're basically pitching to try to get out of Detroit. Uh, so if I'm ranking these three, I go Urias, Boyd, then Ray. Okay, Boyd is on fire right now on Twitter and in the fantasy baseball community. People are loving Boyd. There's an ex- seems to be a real explosion. Um, Pitchers List, which is a podcast and a website, very popular. If you don't know it. They just interviewed him for their pod recently, and they also were talking about he's working on that changeup, bringing that along, and I feel like Boyd could really have a great year. I don't know if he's going to get you the wins because the Tigers suck, but if you're looking for the other categories, I think Boyd is huge. 
But I do agree with you on Urias. Urias is about to explode just because he was always this talented. He's been a guy in waiting. He's still so young. He's 23. <laughs> right. You're right. He's 23, and it feels like he's been around for four or five years, which he has because he got called up really young, but then he had the major shoulder problem. So if, if, if Matt Boyd has the same first half as he had last year, if you're the Tigers, do you hold on to him and make him kind of the centerpiece of that rotation over the next few years, or do you try to trade him to get some uh, more prospects, specifically bats? Well, I'm pretty confident they are going to trade him coming up this deadline because he's available. I think he has one year left in his deal, or he might be a free agent after this year. I'll have I think to he's check. got one more year. Yeah, that's what I thought, too. I thought he had one more year left, but I'm pretty confident the Tigers have it planned out. They're going to trade him. Well, he's not a free agent until 2023. But he's arbitration eligible after this season. Okay, that's good team control. Yeah. so that, that's, re- that's really good. Right. He's 29 now, so he's going to be, man, by the time he's truly a free agent, he's going to be kind of old for a pitcher. Yankees, you hear that? <laughs> give us give, give the Tigers Clint Frazier, please. I've heard a lot of, a couple team names on Boyd. But anyways, I agree with you on your um, breakdown of these three. Boyd, Urias, and Ray. Robbie Ray's always going to walk too many guys. He's going to tantalize you with the amazing strikeout gains he has. But I'm with you. Good call. Todd Frazier's going to hit cleanup for the Rangers. Supposedly, Chris Woodward is locking that in for his starting lineups this year. Can you believe that? Yeah, interesting team over here in Texas. I really don't know what to make of them. Uh, they don't have much of a pitching staff that I'm super, you know, into. Uh, yeah, but yeah, but for Todd <laughs> Frazier, I mean, how old's Todd <laughs> Frazier now? Thirty-five. He's an old man. Is he still? Does he still have it? <laughs> I mean, this is just a team that I'm I'm not really super excited about. Uh, I mean, Shinsu Chu. When I think of players that turn me off from baseball, Todd Frazier is like the poster boy for that. Rugnit Odor. I see Todd Frazier's face, and I just, like, get bummed out. You hate him. He's got this face and this look like he's oh, always no. pissed. And, oh, oh, it's the worst. Todd like, oh, uh, I'm Todd Frazier. Don't you hate my face? I won 100 bucks when he won that uh, home run derby in Cincinnati. Oh, wow. Well, that's a positive Todd Frazier memory. Maybe I should rethink my position. <laughs> Danny Santana's over there. God, I don't like this team. I don't want to watch the Rangers at all this year. Another draft scenario I've run into more than once. A John Gray and Dylan Bundy have been in the same spots, like late, over 200 maybe, like early 200s ADP. Do you think John Gray and Dylan Bundy are the same guy? Because to me, I don't really see a big difference. No, I, we, we seem to talk about Dylan Bundy a lot, um, and – seeing how this actually might now be his breakout. Maybe he's found the right place. John Gray, he's someone I've been waiting on for, you know, two, three years now, waiting for that breakout. Obviously, pitching in Colorado is a disaster. But, yeah, yeah they're the same guy to me. But he, John Gray was able to have an under-4 ERA pitching in Colorado last year. 384, not bad. That's pre- that, yeah, that's pretty good. It is pretty good. And he's 28 now. He gets double-digit wins quite often, which is strange. The last two years he's had <laughs> double-digit wins. I know wins are random and fluky. But he's pitched 150, 175 innings. If he gets over the injuries, which bummed him out with his foot the last couple years before, I feel like John Gray is a value. I really do. Because he always has had the K-9 stuff. He can give you a good K-9 rate. But so can Bundy. So if you'd rather have a guy who doesn't pitch in Colorado versus the guy who pitches in L.A., then I can understand that, too. What about Devi Garcia making the fifth spot? I think we actually talked about him last week. Yeah, and you, you said up, yeah. no way they would do that. But there's some rumblings that he could get that fifth spot. I don't know. I, I, that's so unlike the Yankees to do something like that. Yeah. I mean, you don't want him to come up and have, you know, the most innings that he's ever thrown. I mean, the most innings he's ever thrown last year was last year. You know, he, he 
So he had 53 innings at AA, 40 mm-hmm. innings at AAA. So that's 90 innings right there. Not bad. Before that, nothing was really over 50 or 60 innings. I don't know if you want him to crash and burn at the major league level. Obviously, this guy's got some really, really good stuff. Great caper nine rate. Starting to figure out, you know, to get a little better of, uh, you know, getting guys out when they're on base. Uh, ERA is kind of fluctuated back and forth, but he's got excellent stuff. I don't think they rush him up this fast. You're probably um, right about even, that. Even if they're that desperate for it. However, I'd love to see it happen. <laughs> I think it's spring training clickbait. I think that's what it is. I agree with you. Or, Orlando Arcia is 5 for 13 with three home runs this spring. Julio Urias. Julio Urias. <laughs> Luis Urias. Is supposed to be penciled in as a shortstop when he is healthy. Do you think this affects Urias's value? No, I'm not the biggest uh, Arcia fan. I mean, he was so, a highly touted wait, prospect. So, though. how many home runs does he have? He's got three home runs. Yeah, three home in runs in spring wow. training already. It's a very small sample, but he's projected five home runs this year. <laughs> there, part of Jeff Zimmerman's mining the news, which we talk about every week. It's a great organizational structure of all the little tidbits going on in spring training. Says that Arcia readjusted his swing. So I don't know if this is going to be legit or not. Just something I wanted to throw out there because if he plays well and then he pushes Urias, who's coming off the wrist injury, that could damage Urias's value. Yeah, Arcia's a confusing player. I mean, his, he's never been able to hit for average or been able to hit for power. So maybe, maybe they're, you know, like uh, your guy talked about, maybe they adjusted his swing and might be able to. Like, have a little more pop, but I, th- I think uh, Urias is the guy over in uh, Milwaukee. Well, is only 25, so he's far from maximizing or topping out his potential. He could still just be scratching the surface of what he's capable of doing. It's just something to think about because we just forget about there are so many players in Major League Baseball, and guys like this can slip through the cracks and make changes and improve. So just think about it, folks. Also, I want to mention Matt Boyd went to Driveline this offseason. For those of you that do not know, Driveline Baseball is an academy research center in Washington, state of Washington. That is fantastic, and it's helping pitchers revive their careers, extend their careers, improve their mechanics, gain velocity. And Matt Boyd went there this offseason, and he worked on his pitch diagnosis. So I think that's something to keep an eye on. Him, Alex Wood, and Kenley Jansen are three names that come to mind that all worked with Driveline this offseason. Do you think there's anything to that, Darren? I think that's great. I, I mean, you're going there to get put as much work in to become the top-level guy that you can be. And he knows this is a super important season for himself, you know, being a guy who could be traded, and he, he's going to be up for contract in a couple of years. So, you know, 29 years old, I mean, this is his prime time to go. So, uh, you know, kudos to him for uh, going and putting that work in. Absolutely. And by the way, Orlando Arcia hit 223 in 152 games last year, so I can understand why you would not have any confidence in him. Okay, to wrap up shop here on the infield hits, uh, the Cubs' second base job is still wide open. It could be several different guys. David Bote leading the clubhouse right now. Something to keep an eye on there. Giants' closer role, still unknown, though Tony Watson is the favorite, but he's coming off a shoulder issue currently, so it could be a wild card. And the Giants might not win a lot of games either, so not the uh, most exciting closer role. And then the Atlanta fourth and fifth starting positions in the rotation. Looks like it's going to be Sean Newcomb and Felix Hernandez, barring some incredible outing from Ian Anderson or Kyle Wright or Bryce Wilson. So are you buying in the fact that it looks like Felix will get at least a shot to start the season 
in the good, rotation. You know, good for him. I'm, 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 I'm happy for him. Yeah, like Wright and Anderson and Wilson. Those guys leave those guys down in the minors right now. Those are excellent trade chips, especially with Hamels hurt too. Yeah, so. and they're also guys that you know are are on their way, but they you don't want to rush those guys up. And you know, King Felix knows he's going to be playing for a winner. Uh, so he's going to be giving it his all, and I'm really rooting for him. You know, back to that Cubs thing that you talked about, why don't the Cubs put Ian Happ at second base and let Elmora Jr. stick in center field? And There's your starting uh, center fielder and second baseman. They got, what, Nico Horner here, Bate, Kipnis. Descalso. Daniel Descalso Daniel still around. Descalso, yeah. I, don't, I don't know who's going to win that job. I think maybe it's something where guys just platoon. Well, it's a real logjam, I'll tell you that. And by the way, if you go to our new website, basesloadednetwork.com, you can click on an article, Top 10 Fantasy Baseball Position Battles to Monitor, written by our very own writers. So check that out. That's on the basesloadednetwork.com. Tons of great information, endless, endless information on fantasy baseball. Okay, Jerry, so let's get into it. It's time to analyze outfielders, our final positional analysis of this preseason so for this one we've got our top 20 that we've ranked and it's all pretty standard right you go trout one acuna <laughs> two yelich three but would that change for you depending on format would you still take trout one in roto or is it just re- ludicrous to say that because steals are more important I, I think I go Trout number one overall, no matter what. Really? Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm gonna do that. Wow. I mean, I mean, so, so are there strikeouts? I mean, because I still think Acuna is gonna strike out a ton. I mean, is there OPS? I think Trout's OPS is gonna be better. His walk rate is gonna be better than Acuna. I mean, you can't go wrong with either guy. For myself, if I have the number one overall pick, I'm taking Acuna just because he's my favorite player in their league right now. Oh yeah, he's. I mean, that's independent of fantasy, right? He's just so much fun to watch. Yeah. I mean, their numbers are going to be similar when you look at home runs, runs, and RBIs. You're looking at 40, 110 to 130, and, you know, over 100 RBIs. You know, that's going to be standard for both of them. Yelich or Acuna for more steals? Is that even close? Because I think it's closer than people think. So people are saying that Acuna will have a, a lot more than Yelich? I think the general consensus is fair to say that people are taking Acuna number one overall in the Roto Leagues because he's going to steal more. And he had more steals last year, but Yelich had 30 steals, and he still got hurt last year. I think he, they're both going to steal 30 to 40. Yeah, I don't think—I agree with you. I don't think there's a big difference between the two. No, I, no, I don't think there is either. I mean, look at Yelich's OPS last year was over 1,000, too. That's amazing. I mean, I even mean, at limited time, 40—I mean, he had an unreal, like, month where he just went nuts and probably won a lot of people championships or at least got them into the playoff race. But, yeah, I mean, 44 home runs— uh, 100 runs and 97 RBIs, and how many how many games did he play? One, 130. 130. And he also— That's nuts. He gets on base more frequently, so he has more opportunity to steal than Acuna does because of his incredible 13 14% walk rate. And his OBP is always high. Last year's OBP was 430, I think. So Yelich in Roto, I would strongly consider taking him over Acuna. So Yelich is still kind of underrated, oddly enough. Yeah, he is. I mean— uh, Look at all three of these guys. Their numbers are so similar. Like just looking at walk rate and you know BABIP, swinging strike rates, OPS. They're all so similar. If all three of these guys can stay healthy, you're not going wrong with any of these three guys. And and I think they're probably the top three guys in in fantasy. So you have Mookie Betts number six in your outfield ranking with Juan Soto at five, which you alluded to at the beginning of the podcast. 
Yeah, Juan Soto, I think he's my guy, man. Uh, 16.4% walk percentage. This guy's 21 years old, and he's already he's already got an eye like that. Doesn't swing and miss a ton. I think he's due for a massive breakout. I think we're looking at 40, 100, 100, and then probably 35, 40 seal, steals. He really could be the number one player at the end of this year. And I said earlier, in my 16-team league, I'm probably taking him number three overall. He won't be 22 until the season is over. He turns 22 in October. God. Man. He has that good of an eye at this age. That's un- unreal. Yes, he broke through with 400 OBPs. He, he didn't, like, build up to that. He just come in and done it. It's incredible. I love what he brings to the table. And the fact that he had 12 steals last year is nice. His killer walk percentage, 16%. I love that. That's the kind of player I love. And his BABIP is not, like, insane. It, there could be room for growth on his BABIP. Last year it was 312. Yeah, that can certainly grow. I mean, I I think he's gonna guy he's gonna be a guy who's gonna be knocking on the door of a thousand OPS. Oh yeah, absolutely. I would lock that in if someone asked me today. Lock it in right now. So I just think that's fun that you put Soto in front of Betts. What is the concern with Betts for you? I mean, obviously he's still your sixth overall outfielder, which is great. But is there concern about him not hitting enough home runs? Uh, you don't like the fact that he's in the NL West, which is a different division than the AL East, which is very homer happy. I. Well, it's not that I'm down on bets. There's six guys that I really, really love in the outfield. Trout, Acuna, Yelich, Bellinger, Betts, and Soto. Those are my top six guys. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, there's not too much of a difference between a, a Betts and a you know, a Bellinger or a Soto. I like all these guys a lot. I really, really like Mookie Betts. I mean, I'm wondering how many runs this guy is going to score. He may score 150 runs I was just going to say that. I was just getting ready to say that. If everything goes right, that's nuts. That's why I put him ahead of Bellinger in my rankings. I think Betts was going to score 150 runs if he's healthy. And if he can steal 25 bases, then I have him ahead of Bellinger if he can do that. I like Betts more than Bellinger, depending on the league. If you're in a points league, I like Bellinger. But Betts can do everything on the table. And Bellinger can do it, too. I just don't think that... I don't know. I think you're really splitting hairs here. I mean, these are both great players. If I had the fifth overall pick and it was between those two for some reason, I wouldn't care which one I got. I yeah. wouldn't complain about it. Yeah. I mean, Bellinger had his huge breakout last year, and most of that had to do with the fact that he, he's he's finally figured out to not swing and strike out, so his K rate just keeps lowering and lowering. And Betts is not a guy who's ever struck out a ton. So these guys are both studs. So I see that you have Castellanos three spots ahead of Soler. Why would you have Castellanos over Soler? Sell me on that. Yeah, Nick Castellanos. So he had 58 doubles last year. He's only the second guy since 1936 to have over 57 doubles. That's insane. Todd wow. Hel- Todd Helton was the other back in 2000. Every other guy, it's like Joe Medwick and Charlie Geringer from like the 30s. Todd Helton's Burger Shack. I used to work there at Coors Field. <laughs> I did. It was a good burger, man. I I think Nick Castellanos is going to have a really, really nice season in Cincinnati. There's a lot of buzz about him. I, I think he's going to go 35 home runs, 100 runs, uh, probably like 90 RBIs. He's going to bat near the middle of that order. Um, yeah, so going him against Soler, I mean, so neither of these guys are going to walk a ton. Soler's going to strike out a lot more than Castellanos is. Soler's probably going to hit 45 home runs again. Average for both of them will be similar. I, I like both players. I have Soler in a keeper league, and I'm keeping him. Castellanos is a guy I like as well. Um, but I do put Castellanos a little bit above him. Uh, I, I like the Reds lineup a little better too. So uh, I think Nick's due for a big season. In 2015, Jorge Soler played 101 games for the Cubs. And there was a lot of excitement. People were just so jacked for Soler. He came over... 
this Cuban with this monster power, and people were salivating in 2015. Since that time, before last year, he wouldn't even come close to playing 100 games again until he played 162 last year. So who was the real Jorge Soler? Was it just a bad streak of bad times with the Cubs, and then he finally figured it out last year? I think that's what leaves a lot of people concerned here. Can he build on what he did last year? Yeah, so he's 28 years old. I, I think he's I think he's figured it out. I, I think the pressure got taken off of him of of leaving the Cubs. There's uh, no less pressure of in a city to play baseball <laughs> than Kansas City. I'm Kansas pretty city. confident in that. Maybe yeah, Miami, but yeah, I mean he's. I really like Jorge Soler. I mean, I drafted him. I think in the last round last year, and all the projections are saying he's going to do it again. He's he's hit two moonshots in spring training already. Oh, I love everyone who loves Jorge. He's just so lovable. I mean, you know, he's not going to give you you know a great average. I mean, two sixty five is what he batted last year. He's not going to steal any bases for you. He's going to strike out a ton. You know, his walk rate's okay. It's over ten percent. Um, but yeah, he, he should be able to put up, you know, similar numbers, look for a hundred RBIs close to a hundred runs. And if he puts up 45 home runs, that's pretty damn solid. I'll throw this out there in 2015, which is his biggest sample size prior to last year. He had a bab up of 361 in 101 games. Last year he had a bab up of 294. So if 2015 is indicative of his ability to get some more luck on balls, the average could get up to 280 ish. And that would be a nice little bonus, especially in roto leagues. Yeah, that'd be that'd be real solid for him. That 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 would definitely jump uh, jump his ADP up a little more. But yeah, I have I have him and Castanos in my top twenty. I love both those players. If I had both of them or one of them, I'd be happy with both Castellanos and Soler. There's a ton of buzz about both, especially Castellanos being in the band box of Great American Ballpark in Cincinnati, getting out of the doldrums of Detroit, which is a beautiful park, but it's massive, right? They're both in their prime. They're both 27, 28 years old. I think expect good things out of both those guys. I don't think you get either of those guys. It's going to be a bust season. No way. The Tigers are going to look like idiots when this <laughs> season is over because Cassianos is going to look like a great player of value. Four years, $64 million. The Reds threw it at him, and that's in the National League. It's not a DH league. People were saying, the Tigers were saying, oh, he can't play the field, and he's just not. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you can play the field. You throw them in right field. Right, exactly. It's just, oh, man. Our our, our local station here, um, it was brought up the other day about Castellanos. They were talking baseball, so I got excited. 97 and, uh, won the toilet. They talked about Castellanos, and uh, Valenti brought up. He goes, they're going to really regret this one. He, 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 he oh, liked, really? He's he, right about that. He likened it to uh, when J.D. Martinez left. It's just another, another uber talent out the door, man. Yeah, it's just so, like... So, what Avila kept saying is, uh, "There's, there's no market for Castellanos. That's why we couldn't get much, much out of it. You know, they got some prospects, and you know, uh. nothing too great from the Cubs. Um, why, did, why couldn't you just sign him? Like, you didn't have to spend a ton of money on him. I'm with you all the way, no doubt about it. Sixty-four million dollars is what he got. Boo! Dude, you sign him. You, I, I understand he was frustrated being here. Um, no, Avila. Avila's off base, man. He demands too much in trades. He's not done a proper job. Uh, He's been 100% restricted, agree. restricted by his front office. I mean, his owner, too. Uh, I don't want to talk about the Tigers anymore. Sorry, folks. It's not a Tigers-centric podcast, but we are in the Detroit area. So, Okay, as far as my top 20, it's uh, pretty similar to yours. I don't see a lot of differences. We had the slight bets variation. Um, Austin Meadows, that's a player we both like. He's not going to be a fluke. He's a prospect. He came up 
played well, got a great deal in the Tampa Bay-Pittsburgh trade for Tampa. And now, he, do you worry that the Tampa Bay outfield overload? Because they have a lot of guys. they got Margot and a Rosarina, and they've got Kiermaier. There's a lot of guys that could play outfield for Tampa. Do you worry at all that that could be an issue? No, Meadows? not at all. Meadows is their number one guy. He's their best player. ADP 43 right now. I like Meadows a lot. I think if he can get closer to 20 steals, he could really be inching his way up into the top 10 of uh, outfielders. Wow, really? Okay, that's interesting. Yoshitomo Sutsugo, Sutsugo, excuse me. He's also the newcomer from Japan. Showed a lot of power in Japan, and that's someone to keep an eye on as an outfielder in that Tampa Bay mix. But he's definitely not in our top 20. Uh, pretty much does it for the top 20. I like Giancarlo Stanton to still have a really solid year. You like Charlie Blackman better than Stanton. Why? Health. <laughs> that's a perfect answer uh, yeah because i'm not a big blackman fan actually like when oh, i got I hate, yeah. when i got to the butt so the first six were super easy to do and you know then putting a, a Jordan alvarez that we both have up there kind of high um you know that was kind of fun to put in there uh you know bryce harper i feel like you just have to put him in there uh, oh yeah keto Marte's up there um, Bryce and, Harper's going to explode this year. And then when I was getting to the bottom, I was really like searching for guys that could be in there ahead of Charlie Blackman or ahead of Stanton. Mm-hmm. And I just couldn't find it. You know, I put Joey, Joey Gallo in my top ten or top twenty, um, which I don't know if he's a top twenty outfielder, but I love that power and I love uh, you know him walking. You know, modern day Adam Dunn right there. But yeah, uh, it's it's the health with Stanton that just really really concerns me. In my home league, bless you boys. Blackman was traded five times this offseason, something like that. I couldn't even keep track of it anymore. <laughs> John nope. was a part of that. Nobody of wants him anymore. The trade master traded Blackman. Him and uh, uh, my buddy Jason went back and forth on this. It seems like they traded Blackman, or they've traded Blackman to each other over the last couple of years, <laughs> multiple times. I'm not kidding. It's so wild. But Blackman, he's not dead man walking. He's 33. He can still do everything but steal the bases. He's not going to steal 43 bases ever again. But he gets a lot of runs. He plays in Coors Field. And even though I can't stand Blackman for some reason, I still think he's undervalued. Yeah, we shit on him so much. I, I guess maybe it's because of that ADP of 35 I don't like. Yeah. But yeah, 30 home runs, 100 runs, and 90 RBIs. I mean, you, you, you can't be upset with that, right? No, not at all. Uh, I, think- I, I just I get I get scared of, you know, when you get to 32, 33, that... That's it. That's just going to drop off really, really quickly with some guys. And some guys can, you know, hang on to it till 35, 36. But uh, I don't know. I just I have a weird feeling about Blackman that it, that it's all going to fall apart. I don't know why. I don't see Springer in your top 20 outfielders. I don't have George Springer in there? No. Okay, that's a mistake. Okay, that's what I thought. Because <laughs> I think Springer could actually— I think I have him— Okay, so I have another list here where I actually have all their statistics. I have him at, like, uh, 13. Oh, Okay. Well, I think Springer could be a top six outfielder this year. I really do. I know there's all the negativity with the issue of the scandal. But Springer has really, he's a guy who bloomed late anyways. And I really think his prime is fully kicking in this year. And if you take him in the fourth round, you're getting a value. I really see that for 12-team league. I was shocked that he was 30 years old. I thought he was like 28. Oh, he came... He played at UConn, and he got drafted, and he was just kind of older coming up. So he's been behind the eight ball, and but he doesn't steal bases anymore. He was supposed to have a lot of steal potential coming up. That's all gone. But I just love that he can do everything else in the game. He could steal more bases if he wanted to. He just doesn't. But he hits for power. He's a clutch hitter. He's great with runners on base. 
uh, give you a real good OBP, 383 last year if you're into OBP leagues. Is he going to be leading off again? Hmm, that I am not sure. They That's need a good to question. put him in the middle of the lineup. They put him in the middle of the lineup. I think he's like probably he, he, he gets real close to being in that top six. Well, he's a guy who could drive in 120 runs, no problem. Lineup dependent, of course. But his hard hit rate's 45%. I love that. He puts great wood on the ball, and he can do everything you want from a player. He has a great line drive rate. Ground ball rate's a little high sometimes. I do worry about that. I think that slows him down. But he hardly pops up much. I just love Springer's bat, and I think he's not one of the guys who cheated. Maybe he was. Maybe he was a central figure. I don't know the details of that. George Springer hit some really clutch home runs in clutch situations in the playoffs over the last few years. You'd like to think that was legitimate, but now I think maybe there's some there's a dark cloud over that. But yeah, I can't believe I, I can't believe I didn't have Springer in that top twenty. That's definitely an error. I mean, he he had a higher OPS than let's see here higher OPS than JD Martinez, Austin Meadows, Jorge Soler, Chris Bryant. He had a thirty percent home run fly ball rate. That's what I love. That's, that's that's real good. That's real good. That's crazy. So better, I'd better buy than on Bryce Springer. Harper. He's got better OPS than Bryce Harper. By the way, John's going to love that because he traded for Springer in the offseason. He got him for peanuts. He got him for like a 10th-round pick. It was so stupid. What? Uh, yeah. That... Dumb. He's a top four rounder. <laughs> I know. It's like people... it's like in my league, fucking DJ LeMahieu was traded for a 13th-round pick today. Yeah, see, exactly. It's like you said earlier. People get these keepers, and they get overloaded. They can't keep them all. You can't get value. You have no leverage. So watch <laughs> out for that in keeper leagues. Don't overload yourself with too many players where Just, you can yeah, not cal- make a move. Calm down. The season hasn't even started yet. <laughs> yes, everyone calm down. Shh, relax. One guy that's fun is Chris Bryant. I think Chris Bryant is being shit on a lot, and people seem to be off the Chris Bryant that's bandwagon. That's me. I usually shit on Bryant. <laughs> really? Yeah. We've t- we talked about him when we talked about third baseman. And you're not a fan. I'm not a fan. I think Chris Bryant is undervalued. And if he's leading off this year, which there's... Pretty much talk that David Ross wants to lead off with Chris Bryant. He's stolen bases in small doses before, but I think this is a guy who can give you 15 steals. Mm. That would be a nice bump for a guy who can hit He can hit 300 if everything goes right and give you that little steal bump, and he, of course he can hit with the power. I just think he can give you everything you need. RBIs, who cares? You can get RBIs from other players. Let's not worry about that. He never drove in that many runs anyways, even when he was hitting – his MVP year. I well, that's, think... a, that's what we talked about. He, he he doesn't hit over 80 RBIs, and that's definitely not going to happen at the top of the order. I'm really interested to see what Bryant does this year. I mean, I am a Chris Bryant fan as, as, as you know, somewhat of a, a guy who likes the Cubs here and there. And, yeah, uh, he's, he's 28 years old. He's a guy I do root for. I just I don't see him being one of my top guys. I mean, ADP 47, I don't think I take him at 47. You do. So that's why I'm super interested to see what goes on with him this year. I'd like to see his walk percentage bump up again. It was 14% in 2017, and it's dropped down to 10 and 11 since then. Yeah, I'm a little, dro- yeah. I, I would be concerned that Chris Bryant is being passed up too much because I've seen him drop down to the eighth round in a couple of drafts I've done. So hmm. let's not freak out. Chris Bryant is still a credible talent, and you know how these guys come into their own at 27, 28 years old. These are the best years of their careers. So I would expect very big things for Chris Bryant this year. Remember, like I always say, it's going to be Lima time no matter what, baby. <laughs> a tribute to a great man, Jose Lima. It was always Lima time in his world. You believe it? You believe it? 
I love Jose Lima so much. And this is a tribute to players we believe in, Deary. Guys that, you know what? You couldn't talk me out of it because I just know that they're going to bring something special to the field this year. Who are some guys that you believe in this year? Yeah, so I got two guys on the list here. Uh, first guy, ADP of 180. It's Hunter Dozier. Hunter mm. Dozier last year, 26 home runs, 79 runs, 75 RBIs. I think he's going to get an uptick in all three of those right there. 870 OPS last year. His excellent Z contact. When that ball's thrown in the zone, he's mashing it. 339 BABIP, which is pretty consistent all through the minors. He's now 28 years old. I'm really believing in Hunter Dozier at 180. That's pretty good. He's going to give you dual eligibility if you can get outfield and third base. They're going to start him in right field. I'm not sure if Miguel Mikel, uh, Franco is going to hang on to third base, but you know you might see Dozier get a look over there at third base as well. But I'm a, I'm a believer in Hunter Dozier this year. So that's the first guy. The second guy, I like Max Kepler. Kepler? So Max Kepler's got a 129 ADP. He's another guy. Z-Contact, 92%. That's crazy. Now, his BABIP is super, super small. So, 244 BABIP. Confusing, right? Guy had 36 home runs, 90 runs, and 98 RBIs in a killer Twins lineup. Uh, his walk rate, pretty good, over 10%. OPS needs to go up a little higher, and I think that can probably happen if he can get more you know, doubles. Um, than, than either just putting the ball out of the park and less sing- singles. So I think uh, Max Kepler is a guy I like. I think that BABIP gets a little bit of a jump. Like I said, left-handed bat in a real nice lineup. Interested to see where he bats, um, whether he bats two or six. It'll be really interesting. I'll have to look at that lineup to see where they're projecting. But 129, I think that's right solid where it will be. But uh, if you can get a guy at 129 that's going to give you close to 100 runs, 100 RBIs, and 35 to 40 home runs, grab him. Max Kepler's a guy I've always stayed away from. I just didn't like his game overall, but he keeps killing the ball. He hits it hard, and he has a lot of home runs every year. So maybe I need to start looking at Kepler a little bit more. That's interesting. I respect your opinion, so something to consider. Max Kepler. Yeah, his breakout was last year, so. The German master. You know that. He's a fun German guy. That's right. And the Dodgers and Lima win four to nothing. Lima drops down on his right knee, giving thanks. Then a big hug around the shoulders of Brent Maine. Now another big hug from Milton Bradley. And it's lineup time. It is hug time. And it is definitely Lima time at Dodger Stadium. Believe it. Andrew Benintendi, folks. I believe in Andrew Benintendi completely. I think what happened last year was just fluke. It was just a bogus year. He may have been pressing too much. I would say... That was just random bad luck. And this year, he's going to get back on track. His K rate went up a lot last year, but that was not his career norm. It was 22%, 23%. But typically, his K rate has stayed around you know, the upper teens in the minors in his first couple of years, so, and even lower than that. So I just think he was pressing, and he just had a lot of bad luck last year. The Red Sox had a crappy year. It didn't go great for them overall. I know that's something you can't control for or quantify, but I do believe that makes an impact on players at times. And who knows what else was going on with them. I believe Benintendi will bounce back. He's somebody who will give you a nice bump back up to a 370-ish OBP. He can hit 290, and he'll steal bags. I love Andrew Benintendi. I say believe in it. I like Benintendi. I mean, the guy's got too much talent, he's still so young that I— I think he's going to have a pretty good season in Boston. I think uh, some things are going to be rejuvenated there. Uh, you know, I talked last week about how young some of those players are. I like Benintendi. 
He struggled in the leadoff spot last year, but he's going to get another chance of that this year. And early in spring training, he's shown some positive signs. He cranked a home run off uh, Kenta Maeda recently. It looked promising. I know it's spring training, so don't read too much into it, but he had a really slow start last year, and it just never got going for him. I think there's a bounce back this year. Woohoo! Believe it! Right, you hear that? The crowd's booing. Overrated players, dearie. These are players that simply, they're just being drafted too high or they're being approximated value. It's too great. We need to bring a reality check in here. So, dearie, give me somebody who is just overrated. Sir, here's someone that you like, Mike. Uh, oh, no. Starling Marte. <gasps> what? Yeah, I've never been a huge Starling Marte fan. Uh, maybe eight years ago I was. But... It's not that he's a bad player. I just think 31, if you're playing, you know, not a Roto League, but you have OPS in there, um, you know, obviously steals, walks. This is where I think Sterling Marte hurts you. So I get confused why everyone is so high on him. He has one of the worst walk percentages of of any outfielder, 4.3%. That's god-awful. Swing strike rate of over 12. That's not very good either. 20 steals. Can he still give you 20 steals? He's 31, 32 years old now. I'm not sure he's going to be able to still do that. I'm not super high on Starling Marte. Guys that I would rather have, I'd rather have, you know, George Springer who has a lower ADP. I'd rather have Quito Marte. I'd rather have Austin Meadows. So it's not that I hate Starling Marte. I think he's a good player. But I think he's more of a guy I'm taking in the fifth or sixth round. I'm not in love with the Diamondbacks lineup out there either. So, yeah, Starling Marte is not a guy that I'm uh, I'm going after. I wow. know you I know you love Starling Marte and I know well, you I took don't him. love him. You took him like, well, you said you took him in the second round. That's true, I did. In because the, of that one guy took him. Todd Zola, <laughs> the legend. Todd Zola taking Marte 13th overall in the TGFBI to start things off. I just think that's I saw that. I'm like, early, man. It is. In Roto, though, if he can give you, you know, 25, 30 steals and hit 25-plus home runs, it's just so valuable. And he hits for average. If he can do everything that he did last year, and he's done it before in his career, he's not being suspended for PEDs or anything like that. But that's, I, ro- but that's, that's Roto. <laughs> right. Roto focus for Marte. I want to make that clear. If it's not Roto... I would definitely drop Marte down a couple rounds, maybe fifth, sixth round for 12-team okay. standard. Yeah. But he played it. 135 games last year. Is he going to start to get you know more injured now that he's getting older? No, he's I in don't Arizona. Know. That's where I'm, old people go to retire, so I'm they just stay healthy. The, I'm on the fringe, man. I'm worried about him. Oh, boy. we got fr- Remember that show, Fringe? Fringe. I had two friends who were obsessed with that show. They watched it every Friday night. I was like, what is this Fringe show? I don't get it. I watched like two episodes, um, and then I fell asleep. It should be in. <laughs> it should be in the overrated category. It's perfect that we brought it up. Christina, okay. please email us on this one because you watched that whole series. Oh yeah, please hit us up at Palazzo Podcast. Two L's, two Z's. Let us know on Twitter or email us at protonmail.com. Overrated. Eddie Rosario. I think Eddie's overrated. I know you might think he's a valuable commodity right now because his ADP is in a good spot where you're not getting ripped off. So Eddie Rosario's average draft position combined with all the leagues from ESPN, CBS, Yahoo, NFBC, it's 84. Sounds reasonable, right? I don't think it is. Yeah, I'm worried about him. 
You are? Okay, great. So I got someone to join me on this. I, he doesn't hit the ball as hard as you'd like for a power hitter, for a guy who swats a lot of homers. 39% hard hit percentage last year. And the years before that, it was even lower. It seems like it's crept up. It was at 36. Before that, his fly balls. Little, he's launch angles high, so he's really shooting for the moon. His ground ball rate's not that bad. So, Does he get on base, Mike? No, that's the problem. His walk percentage <laughs> is crap. He doesn't get on base. In OBP league, points league, you want to stay away from this guy. You really do. But I just wonder, if he doesn't hit the ball hard enough, and is there going to be a... A bit of luck that came in with last year and his 32 home runs. Maybe I'm, I'm so, off base. I, I'm so interested to see what goes on with the Twins because they had such an epic year mashing the ball last year. you know. And then they had Josh Donaldson, so this lineup is even better. So Noah's going to be healthy the whole year. But not every one of these guys in this lineup can repeat what they did last year. Right. I mean, Rosario, Garver, I mean, are these guys going to have these epic seasons like they had last year? I mean, yeah. Rosario, 91 runs, 109 RBIs. I don't see him repeating that. But he hit 276, and he had an OBP of 300 last year. That's terrible. That shows he doesn't walk at all. OPS, OPS of 800. Yeah. For a guy who hits 32 bombs or 30 home, you know, if he's a 30 home run guy driving in 100 runs, that's a crappy OPS. I just think there's cracks in this profile, and I would watch out for Eddie. I never drafted him once. I've done – you guys know I've been doing a bunch of drafts. I've seen him there, and I've stayed away. Here's something that's interesting. So Joey Gallo is going just three or four spots ahead of them. Joey Gallo is a far better fantasy option than Rosario. Mm-hmm. Far better. Yeah, I would, especially in a points OBP. Yeah. Give me Gallo. Give me, give me, give me. There's more power to come with Gallo. <laughs> Dude, he had, the guy the guy could probably hit 60 home runs. He may only have oh, yeah. 90 hits, but 60 home If Gallo played in Yankee run. Stadium, like... Imagine Gallo, Stanton, and Judge all in the same lineup, healthy, hitting in Yankee Stadium. That's 200 or a home runs between the three of them. Yeah, what a fantasy that is. Man, that'd be weird. This or that. This or that. So, is it this guy or that guy? It's real simple. We're not reinventing the wheel here. This is based on Fantasy Pro's ADP, which is average draft position for those of you scoring at home. Deary, would you rather have Aaron Judge, 27th overall, or Mr. Stanton at 58 Ooh. on average? Yeah, so I'm not super high on Stanton because of these injury issues, but at 58, I mean, if he can give you 130 games, 58 is a real nice spot to get him. Yeah. Uh, if Judge is healthy and it's... He's not. <laughs> and he's not. I wouldn't take him in the top 30 at all. I don't think I'm going after either player, but the, there's such huge upside with both players. Uh, I'd take Judge. I would rather have Stanton of the two of these, by the way. I think the Stanton injury, people are just so ingrained with recency bias, which is how we all are. That's the world we live in. I get it. Correct. But Stanton, not long ago, was destroying the ball, hitting 59 home runs in a season. So this is just one injury-plagued year, and it looks bad coming out of spring training. Injuries in spring training are like, you know, salt and pepper. You got to have it all. You got to have it in your kitchen. If you're going to cook anything, you got to have salt and pepper in there to start. You may want to add some sauce, you know, maybe a little uh, <laughs> a little zing, you know, some cayenne pepper, you know, some chili pepper maybe. But What are you talking about? <laughs> I don't know. Where are we? I love it. Okay. This or that? Would you rather have Mel Tucker or – no, I'm just kidding. It's not Mel Tucker. <laughs> Mel <Would> Tucker. You... <laughs> Mel Tucker, head coach of Michigan State, or Jim Harbaugh. No, we're not doing that. Would you oh, rather have God. Kyle Tucker at 172 
Or seven picks later, Byron Buxton at 179. Kyle Tucker. I hate Byron Buxton. There it is. I hate Byron Buxton. But I'm not going to waste my time talking about him. I'd rather talk about Kyle Tucker. So Kyle Tucker's a nice little prospect, been around with the Astros. He's now just 23 years old. I don't know where he fits because he's he's only projected to have about 100 games. Um, but I think he's due to, you know, possibly have somewhat of a small breakout. Maybe tw- when he's 24, 25 is when you really see the true Kyle Tucker. He's a guy who's been able to walk a ton all the way through the minors. Um, in limited time last year, you didn't really see that much from him. Um, you know, 72 plate appearances, just four home runs, 11 RBIs. But he's a guy who's been able to mash the ball all through the Myers. I like Kyle Tucker. I, I t- take him over Byron Buxton any day. I would not roster Byron Buxton. I'm sorry. I think it's over. All the guy does is strike out. 30% of the time he's up, he's going to strike out. And all You should have heard get- Gary before the show. He said Buxton will be out of the league in a couple of years. I did say Buxton will be out of the league in a couple of years. He can't hit the ball. Then... Uh, Guy can't hit home runs. He sure he plays a nice center field. He can't stay healthy. He's been <laughs> injured the last few years. I don't like Byron Buxton. He's probably a real nice fella, but uh, <laughs> I don't want him on my fantasy team at all. All right, man. You hey, spread the gospel. Speak the truth. People get so caught up in their own emotional connection to these players, and they can't let it go. I do it too. I'm just as guilty as anybody else. I obsessed over Reese Hoskins, and I still do. It drives me crazy. I'm like, why do I do this? But Buxton is in the hearts of endless, endless amounts of fantasy players. Luke Horlbeck is the only one that still likes Byron Buxton. Oh, yeah, you would think that. But then, you know, his average ADP says otherwise. So Why are people still drafting Buxton? Because of the steals potential. If it's Roto, they got to get the steals. And there's also the number one overall pick, once upon a time, the allure of this incredible player fully blossoming. And, and this is also ego. This is an interesting point. People's egos about, I'm the guy who selected him when he finally flourished. People love saying that. I know I do. That's true. Yeah, hold on to the guy long enough. So as long as that is part of the human dynamic, which it always will be, he's going to be drafted in league. I held on to Joey Gallo for probably one extra year than I should have, and it all worked out because two years ago he had that massive breakout, so that worked out. Yeah, you never know. I mean, some of this you can't quantify, and I get that. And by the way, Kyle Tucker, though, could be in a logjam situation with Josh Reddick. I know Josh Reddick should be on his way out, but Dusty Baker does prefer veterans Usually, so something to keep an eye yeah, on. Yeah, Reddick's the option there. I think Tucker, if there's an injury, Tucker could really supplant himself there. And I know they're going to be pushing for him to get at bats because he's their big, he's their top prospect. So, and I know this is goofy too, but Tucker could be a player that is least affected by the scandal because he wasn't really a part of it. <laughs> wow, I didn't think about that. So something to think about mentally. They're just like, he gets in there, Kyle, shut up. Don't talk about anything. You don't know anything. You don't even know what happened. He's like, guys, what did you do? (laughs) Like the little brother, they're just smacking him to the side. Yeah, yeah, I could definitely see that. Poor guy. This or that, Mancini or Hoskins, both being drafted on average 105.8 versus .4. Mancini? Or Reese Hoskins. Oh, Trey man. Mancini of the Baltimore Orioles. We talked about Reese Hoskins a lot. I like Mancini. I'm going to go with Mancini here. I know he's in like a real bad lineup in yep. Baltimore, but he's in a great hitter's park, and he's had three really solid seasons in a row, and I think he's going to continue to rise. Uh, we've talked about Hoskins quite a bit on this pod. Kind of per- perplexing player right now. Uh, I'm, I'd take Trey Mancini. Well, you know what I said last week? Hoskins got screwed by his old hitting coach. It's going to be a new year for Hoskins this year. But I would still take Trey Mancini because of the better profile. He can hit for a better average. He can still get on base. Maybe not as good as Hoskins can because Hoskins led the National League in walks last year. 
But I like Trey, especially when summer rolls around and he's hitting in Camden Yards. There, next to Coors Field, there might not be a better place to hit in summertime than Camden Yards. Lastly, this or that theory. Jorge Soler or Nick Castellanos. We talked about this earlier, yeah, Didn't actually. we just talk about this? That's kind of weird. Uh, you know, I was looking at, who did I side with? Did I side with Nick? You loved I him, but you... I did. I don't know. We didn't put it to ADP. So Soler, on average, 85 right now. Castellanos, on average, at 97. Would you rather mm. have Soler or Castellanos at those positions? It's a wash. Yeah. I Although think, earlier, I think, exactly I, I, th- I think I said Castellanos earlier, but I, th- I think it's a wash because I think we, we both talked about how we liked both players. Yeah. Uh, you can't lose. I agree with you. Attention, Kmart shoppers. That's right, shoppers. Now available in aisle seven, eight, and nine, we've got outfielders. This is for bargains, dearie. 280p or lower, okay? So we're making a specific cutoff point. We're looking for deep dives in the bargain bin. Who do you got, dearie? This was a real stretch looking after uh, 200. I mean, there was other guys uh, that I liked ahead of that, but uh, I'm going to go with Randall Gritchick from uh, Toronto. Yeah, I'm sorry, Mike. I know you hate him, um, <laughs> but what, what's his ADP right now? 259? 259. I mean, that's real low. I mean, we're talking, you know, what, 12th, 13th round here? Well, actually, you, you put 259, but I see 283 here. 283, what, even yeah. better. I love what? it. End of the draft. I, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, wouldn't you rather have, okay, would you rather have uh, J.D. David? Well, no, that doesn't count. Never mind. What about Jock Peterson at 204? I'd rather, rather have uh, Randall Gritchick. Wow, okay. So, yeah, Gritchick last year had 31 home runs, 75 uh, runs. 31? Yeah, he had 31 home runs. That's mind-blowing. And, you know, that's a nice lineup with, uh, you know, the kids with Biggio, Guerrero, and Bichette. I mean, and Gritchick's going to be right in the middle of that. So I think he's going to be able to give you lots of home runs and RBIs and runs. Sure, his batting average is going to be garbage. It's going to be in the 240s. He's not going to get on base a ton. But if you're looking to find some power late and a guy who's going to have close to 90 RBIs, I think you can grab Richel, Randall Gritchick pretty late. Wow. Okay. Gritchick is just one of those players. You see him. I see his name on the list of free agents, and I'm like, ooh, it just bummed me <laughs> out. But... I understand. I totally understand it. If a guy can give you 30 home runs and you can get him on the free agent wire at the last pick of your draft, if it's a deeper draft, NL only, or excuse me, AL only league, I could see that for sure. So he's also only 28 years old still. 28. Yeah, isn't that interesting? He, I mean, he came up in 2014. Right, a lifetime ago with yeah. the uh, Cardinals. Yeah, that does seem like a long time ago. I wonder. <sighs> I don't know. Okay, Gritchick, that's a good call. I would love to see Gritchick break out. It would actually make me happy if he could do that this year. All right. My bargain bins. I got two quick ones. I got Justin Upton, who has been a perennial 30-home run guy. He gives you 30 home runs every year except last year when he got hurt. But in the last six, seven years, he's been very consistent. Even could steal bags. I know he's getting older, so the stolen bases may go down a tad. But if you can get Upton late in the draft... And fill a starting outfielder spot in any type of league. I like Justin Upton there. It's just that injury recency. Oh, he was injured. He was hurt. He's getting a little older. Yeah, but last year was the only year that he's really ever been injured for an extended period of time. Right, exactly. That's what I'm saying. So He's what, 32 now? Justin Upton is a man, and he's getting older. <laughs> and the older he gets, there's concern that maybe he can't be the guy he was once upon a time. Because he's 32 years old, you know? You know, I was, I was looking stuff up because I was actually... Before I even looked into any numbers, I was thinking about putting uh, Upton on my 
you know, walking dead. And then I went into his numbers. I'm like, why would I do that? I'm like, he still had a pretty solid season last year, even though he was injured. Yeah. And the project- projections this year are really good. What's the ADP here? Uh, it's a little over 200. That's the qualifiers for this. So That's kind his of current hot. ADP I know puts I'm, him at 213 I don't want to average. steal any thunder here, Mike, but yeah, Justin Upton in the 200s, absolutely. The guy still walks a decent amount and gets on base. He's he's in a really, really awesome lineup, at least in the three, four, fives there in uh, L.A. I, I'm, I'm kind of confused why he's so low. I just think people forget, and it, he was injured for most of the year, and people just forget. I don't know why, and he's old, 32 years old and injured. It's the recipe to drop it down. He's not in the 400s, he's in the 200s, but he came up in 07, so he's been around forever, and he used to steal a lot more bags, but as recently as 2017, he stole 14. Those days may be over, I'm, I'll get you that, but I still think you're getting a guy who give you 30 home runs in the lineup with Trout and Rendon, Otani. I think that's a bat you would love to have, especially at that value. It seems dependable is what it is. Absolutely. I think if you have Upton, you know what you're going to get. Absolutely. When he played here for the Tigers a couple years ago, they were they were dying, right? The Tigers were fading from the great run they had all these years. But he still put up a, one of his best seasons. It was a great year. So he still got something in the tank. And then my other one is Brandon Nimmo. Brandon Nimmo, especially in OBP leagues, you got to jump on this guy. He can definitely give you, if healthy, 400 OBP, no problem. I would guarantee it even. If he plays 130 games, he will have an OBP of 400 or better. I truly believe that because he's done it before. The proof is in the pudding. Brandon Nimmo has a logjam of outfielders in New York. The Mets have Dominic Smith and J.D. Davis and Cespedes going to be back. Uh, Do you think that Brandon Nimmo is a value in the 200s? I think Brandon Nimmo needs to be their leadoff hitter. Absolutely. I, I, think, he, I think he needs a leadoff and man center field for 155 games. He, he's someone that I almost put on this list. I think Nimmo's going to really, really have a solid season if he just gets all, all the at-bats and can stay healthy. But he got wrecked by injuries. That's that's all it was last year, the neck thing. and Even the heart thing that came up in spring training a week or two ago where they said, oh, we're pulling him to test his heart. He's fine. Everything's good. He had a 400 on base in 2018 in 140 games. That's I'll a, take that that's, all day. That's excellent. Yeah. That is excellent. And he and he could stole nine bags. He can he can run. He's not the fastest guy, but he's a smart base runner. He'll give you a little pop. And with his juice ball, I think he's if he plays a full season, he's guy will give you twenty plus home runs, could steal ten bags. In points leagues and OBP leagues, this guy's stock goes way up. And it's only being held down because of the log jam in New York. That's really, I think, one of the big problems. There's just so many outfielders out over there. So Shogo. Akiyama is the new guy for the Reds in the outfield. He came over from Japan. And my buddy Steve texted me about how he has a patented, I got a piss bad batting stance. <laughs> I, I, I haven't seen him swing yet. There it is. Okay, here we go. I'm, I got I'm a looking piss at bad. it on the phone yeah. right now. Oh, he's got, yeah, he's got his knees together. Yeah. He's like a five-year-old about to piss himself. Yeah, like he's his trying to hold it His knees are together. In. He's got, it's like, it's like... It's what hilarious what it is. Please Google it. Check it out. Look up Shogo Akiyama's batting stance and tell me that guy doesn't have to piss. I don't like this guy. Oh, okay. Oh, man. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's fun. All right, it's that time. It's our favorite part of the show, dearie. It's Shiner Ride the Pine Speed Round. Real quick, we give you 15 scenarios, guys, whatever. 
They gonna shine or ride the pine? You ready, dearie? Sure, let's do it. All right, scenario one. More stolen bases, Nick Senzel or Joe Adele? Nick Senzel, Joe Adele is not gonna get enough uh, plate appearances. Wow, okay, Nick Senzel coming off torn labrum surgery last fall, interesting, but both have a lot of speed potential. Scenario two, Franlo Reyes, will he play 30 games in the outfield this year? Yeah, it's a crowded team there in Cleveland. Uh, 30 games in the outfield? Yeah, I think he can get 30 games in Redfield before he falls apart. Wow, okay. Last year, he only played 11 games in the outfield once he was traded coming over from the Padres. And he lost 20 pounds in the offseason, so he says he wants to play more outfield. We'll see. Next, Michael Conforto. Will he have an OBP higher than 375? Yes. Wow, okay. Interesting. Tommy Pham, 20 or more home runs in San Diego at Petco this year. Oh, God, that number is so right on. Um... I'm going to say it's 19. Yeah, I like it. I think it's just under. It's a really tough number. More games played. <laughs> Jude Carlos Stanton or Aaron Judge? Shit. <laughs> um, Aaron Judge. Yeah, it's an impossible answer. Who knows? I mean, both those guys are injury. They're already injured, so. Yeah, Aaron Judge, why not? Higher average at the end of the year will be Austin Meadows or Juan Soto. Oh, God, I love both these players. I'm going to say Meadows has the better batting average, but Soto has the better numbers overall. Oh, absolutely. I think that's an excellent analysis. Bigger bust after the season's <laughs> over. Danny Santana of the Texas Rangers or Luis Robert of the White Sox, the very highly touted Luis Robert. You couldn't find players that were, like, similar? <laughs> well, these guys are similar. They're speedsters. I mean, they're, they're I'm going to say Danny Santana's the bigger bust. Thank you. Thank you. Danny Santana, what he did last year, too fluky. More starts in left field this year. J.D. Davis or Dominic Smith, both of the New York Mets. I think J.D. Davis is your guy. I think it's going to happen. J.D. Davis is going to supplant himself as the starting left fielder, and he's going to play 140 games out there. Big believer in J.D. Davis this year. Dominic Smith might get traded. Hmm, okay. Well, something's got to give there because there's too many guys in New York. More at-bats this season. Dylan Carlson, the highly touted prospect of the Cardinals, or Randy Arozarena, who was traded by the Cardinals to Tampa Bay in the offseason. Great job with that name. Thank you. Yeah, so it's two prospects here. I mean, kind of a logjam here in uh, in St. Louis, but, I mean, what does Dexter Fowler have left? So uh, Big contract's what he's got left, I'll tell you that. <laughs> That's a good one, Al. Um, let's go with Carlson more at bats. Okay. Tampa Bay also has a very crowded outfield, as we said. Who gets injured first? Your favorite, Byron Buxton or David Dahl? Who gets, wait, who gets injured first? Yeah, <laughs> David Dahl or Byron Buxton? Uh, I'm going to say David Dahl. Wow, I <laughs> thought you would jump on Buxton. Well, no, Buxton's just going to oh, he's gonna be out of the league. <laughs> yeah, right, so... Okay, so you're going David Dahl. I'm gonna, we're marking this down. We're recording this. All right. Higher strikeout percentage at the end of the year. Eloy Jimenez of the White Sox or former Cub Jorge Soler. Both last year had about a 26% rate. Yeah, I'm going to say Eloy because he's just now second year, still trying to figure it out. And I think I think Soler is, uh, you know, prime now. So uh, I'd say uh, Eloy has more. More RBIs. New Brave, Marcelo Zuna, or our buddy, Eddie Rosario of the Twins. God, I dislike both these players. <laughs> One of them's got to have more RBIs. 
I mean, Osuna's gonna bat in the middle of the lineup in Atlanta. <sighs> Let's go with uh, Ozuna. Hey, all right. Ramon Loreno, 95 runs scored. Yes or no? Yes, it's gonna happen. Oh, okay. 100, 110 runs. Gonna bat the start of the lineup. I love, I uh, love the A's to compete out there in the West. Uh, I'm a big fan of Ramon Loreno. Loreno. No, it's Loreano. <laughs> okay, fine. I'm trying to Americanize it. Oh, boy. Yep, I'm an asshole. White people, they're the worst. I hate white people. More hits. Jeff McNeil or Whit Merrifield? Jeff McNeil's going to win the batting title in the National League, so I'm going to go with Jeff McNeil. Wow, okay. And then lastly, more combined runs plus RBIs. George Springer or Bryce Harper? Ooh, that's a tough one. Um, yeah, we didn't talk about Harper. Let's talk about Harper next week. Um... Put him on your leftovers list. More say, combined oh, runs and RBIs. I'm going to say George Springer. Okay, good call. Philly could be due for a bounce back, but who knows? Well, that will wrap it up for another edition of the Hey, It's Enrico Palazzo Baseball Podcast. This has been Episode 7, focusing on outfielders. We are closing it down. We now get to end the positional analysis pods, and now we can focus on whatever we feel like. We're going to tie up all our loose ends, maybe some thoughts that we had from all these pods that we've just done, and next week we will break them down and give you some more draft analysis. Uh, any questions you have from email, please send them to palazzopodcast at protonmail.com. Two L's, two Z's. Of course, it's the same on Twitter, at palazzopodcast. We are a part of the Bases Loaded Network. Please go to the website, basesloadednetwork.com. Check out George, Mike Curlin, Zach Braff, uh, SP Streamer. These guys are all connected, uh, open bar podcast. Please check out the website. Give them support. They have supported us, and I feel like it's the least we can do. Right, Derry? Yeah, I'm excited that uh, we got all these uh, new umbrellas that we're under, and we're part of this fantastic fantasy baseball podcast community. Um, I'm excited that we've uh, wrapped up our positions, and I'm really, really super excited to see where we go in these next three weeks as we gear up towards the season. Beautiful job, Deary. Thank you so much for your contribution this week. We will catch you next time on the Hey, It's Enrico Palazzo Baseball Podcast.